Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Defenders, and Asteroids. I'll be back. He's alive! He's alive! Are you afraid of God? No, I'm afraid of Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 40th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica, and I'm your nuts on host, Brendan White. Find me everywhere at Brendan 8 Bit. As usual, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Reese Kirby, at Reese8Bit. Sadly, Ali is off getting her hair done, and Sam, who is now known as Sampon Abraham, in one week, out for three. It's the dastardly duo today. We're going to make it work. Yeah. How are you doing? To make two heads are better than one, we got this. Uh, two heads are better than three. That's true. also be argued. That's true. Somehow? I don't know, because triangles are stronger. But it is the strongest shape but I in mean, the universe, but, I'm pretty sure. Mm, two, Maybe not the universe, but... What would be the strongest shape in the universe? 50 million triangles. Yeah, like a dodecahedron made of triangles. Mm. Deck is 10, though, so... 10 triangles. Yeah, so a dirty dota deck would be like a million, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I got this. I know, I know shapes and stuff. Mm. The Shape Podcast, coming soon to the 8-Bit Podcast Network. Mate, cutting shapes all day. <laughs> Um, I, I would kill for some cheese and bacon shapes right now, though. But the OG, 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 of course. Seriously, the, whatever Arnott's is thinking, going down this new flavor profile route with their shapes is blasphemy. Okay, you got to pump the brakes on that a bit because we talk about Arnott's a lot. <laughs> we talk. They're, about they're a great brand. They are a great brand. They bring a lot of good product to the market. And I can't, I can't I'm not ready to rag on them because they've been a part of Australian culture for so long. And everybody got up them about the new shapes. But you know what? I was like, just, okay, Arnott's, it's okay. You you threw that out there. You cast a wide net. It didn't land. Obviously, someone in the marketing department was like, well, we, we, have, to, we have to shake up the shapes. It's, it's probably a cost-cutting benefit. Like, obviously, they're probably changing the way that they manufacture these little biscuits. So they're like, you know what? We'll just skimp 1% on this tiny ingredient. Over 10 million boxes getting made that year will probably save them a million dollars or something. So that's probably where it's all come from. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, can't, I can't be mad at them for trying new things. Oh, I'm filthy. Because if you, if you don't, then people will start to be like, oh, well, these are just same old boring shapes. No one cares. But, um, but do you say that when you crack like a can of Diet Coke? Do you go, I wish they'd changed this recipe? Oh, there's been a few times and they've, they have changed it. And I've been like, oh, you know, vanilla. Oh, they yeah, but they still keep the original. Oh, yeah. You know, they have these little offshoots. Yeah, no, you wouldn't want to yeah. mess with the, with the OG recipe. I guess you're right yeah. in that sense. I, I just see it as the backlash came out due to whatever decision, as you said, the yeah. marketing guy said, let's change this. Yeah. Backlash came out, so now they're making these punty adverts where they've got some freshy bra guy <laughs> um, on crutches, I'm pretty sure he is, and they're like, oh, they changed the recipe back, and then he's like, oh, I'm chuffed. And then there's some little oh, surf no. rat kid beside him eating the new flavor. And it's like, oh, flavor for everybody. It's like, piss off. Yeah. You know piss what? I'm, off. I've talked about this before, but you know what I'm not a big fan of is the pineapple mango bloody Tim Tams. Like, oh. that is just getting out of control. Like, I get the feeling that maybe they're trying to take a leaf out of Nabisco's book mm. with Oreos because, mm. 
I don't know if you know, but the Oreo flavors in America have gone nuts. They to have the gone point crazy. Where they have cookies and cream flavored Oreos. But that's that's genius. Like, because everyone loves cookies and cream, but like, I don't sit there at home and go, feel like something a little bit sweet. Maybe a biscuit. Maybe a pineapple mango flavored biscuit. Who says that? Yeah. Who? What, what do you? What are some Tim Tam flavors that you think would be bomb? Like, legitimately, don't just name flavors. It's, it's, tell me what you think. It's hard to say because most of like over the years they do those limited runs. So they've done a cookies and cream Tim Tam, which was legit. The gooey salted caramel one was pretty great. Right. They do the gooey caramel one as standard. Maybe, gosh, this is hard now. I'm trying to think of a flavor profile. Like maybe like a, a toffee sort of style Tim Tam. Ah, oh, with a bit of a, like a hard. Yeah, like a hard center. Okay. I'm something like that. Yeah. With that usual Tim Tam profile. I yeah. could go something like that. Yeah, I'd like to see some collabs because mm-hmm. collab is the word of 2016. No more Zumbo collabs though because no, those punzi Zumbo well, Tim Tams have I no mean, right being on the shelf. A couple of people went spastic for a few of them, but I want to see some more collabs with like just, you know, interesting companies. I'd mm-hmm. like to see like, uh, actually, shout out to my friend Andy Bowdy. Uh, if you haven't checked out his cakes, Andy Bowdy Cakes, Andy Bowdy Pastry on uh, Instagram. Uh, he's also part of the sneaker marketplace that I'm part of. I'm anyway, going to go check him out after guy. this podcast. He makes, I do love cakes and sneakers. He makes the most incredible cakes you've ever seen in your life. Mm. Um, big, tall, massive, you know, Matilda-looking things. Um, like from, from the, the book or the TV? The from, movie? from the movie, yeah. Like, like Roald Dahl style? Yeah, but they are like so amazing. Anyway, his cakes, I'd like to see them collab on a Tim Tam. Mm. But you know what? I was thinking, because they've probably already done a strawberry flavor, Tim Tam, right? Oh, they have, yeah. But I want to see a strawberry uh, strawberry flavored Tim Tam with white biscuit and strawberry So it's like strawberries and cream sort of style. Yeah, strawberry chocolate on the outside. So it's a pink biscuit. I can get behind that. And breast cancer awareness. You're just ticking all the boxes. Doing their job for them. Like none of this pineapple bullshit. Like, oh, pineapple man. I, I want to meet someone that's like, you know what? I really love the pineapple. Tim Tams. I want to meet them just to like just give them the most dirty look they've ever seen and then just walk away. I'll be like, what, what's your favorite Tim Tam? And they'll be like, oh, pineapple mango. I'll just death stare them and then not even say a word, just walk away mid-conversation. Just Although, you know, some of our you know, happy high Hungry Gamer listeners, you know, 420, etc. Probably if you were in that state and oh. somebody offered you pineapple flavored Tim Tams, you would just be like... Oh my god! If, if that was the last packet of Timmy's in the cupboard after I've just blazed up, I'd, I'd be diving in. But I'm not like if I've got the entire Timmy portfolio in my cupboard, I ain't reaching for the mango pineapple, no matter how baked I am. No. Unless I grab that packet just to throw them at someone else in the room, like, that'd be funny. Seriously, the like strawberry Sam. with white, you know? Yeah, I'm sold. Because like, sign me up. It reminds me of like you know, have you ever had Whoppers? Whoppers are like the American version of Maltesers. Yes. The, stra- yes. the strawberry yeah, whoppers. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I can't go past the strawberry whoppers. I thought at first we were going down like the Burger King oh, Hungry no, Jacks no. route and I'm like, I not have, quite. but I'm not sure where, how this ties in. Oh, BT Doves. The Halloween burger from Hungry Jacks was a vibe. Yeah? We missed out, but I had it a few times. What did it taste like? Um, Scary? It was great. 
it was pretty much a bacon deluxe, right? What what made it Halloweeny? Because well, I, I haven't it, seen well, it, so I don't know. The about only thing it. that made it Halloweeny was the cheese dusted bun. Oh, which was quite a good addition. Nothing was, says spooky than a bit of cheese dust. Yeah, and I was pretty impressed, and I'm pretty sure it had onion rings on the burger. Oh, okay, so I had a few of them. That was great. See, I'm I'm liking the vibe you're putting out there. But I know those Hungry Jack's onion rings. I'll get three bites in that burger and I'll be crackwing in those dirty, dirty Hungry Jack's public toilets. Just won't be nice. Oh, but it's, it's like, you know, you just, you keep going back even mm. though you know you're going to get hurt. It's like a bad lover, you know? Like James Blunt's like going to write a Blunt song, song. <laughs> about onion rings. Goodbye, my burger. <laughs> Goodbye, my ring. <laughs> oh, boy. On the topic... Of food before we dive into a bit more gaming. I went to a place in Bondi the other day called Milky Lane. Hipster capital, like not gonna lie, the name kind of throws me a little bit. I'm a bit The name's a bit eh, and it's like, oh it's Bondi. Uh, Oh, I don't own a five panel hat, so I'm probably gonna get frowned upon walking (laughs) in here. Gonna jump on my longboard skateboard but don't know how to skate. All this stuff, you know. So we, we rolled in there with open eyes and the food was freaking amazing. I had this burger it was called the Big Popper. Double meat, double bacon, double cheese, onion rings, a mac and cheese croquette patty, special sauce. I like that. Condiments, all, all the works. And it was bomb.com. Mm. Probably going to go there again tonight because they're doing a limited edition burgers called the Juicy Lucy, which as you know, Juicy Lucy is typically... Chicken. Two meat patties. No, no, no. You're silly. Well, there's a chicken shop called Juicy Lucy. That's true. I'll take that's, that back. That's where my head You're went. not silly. No. You, you, on the truths. <laughs> Juicy Lucy is typically two beef patties and they'll layer like a stack of cheese in between the two and then seal the patty. Okay. So they'll sort of, you know, pinch all the edges so that cheese is almost like a liquid ah, explosion see, in the middle. I like the thought that goes into that. I'm, mm. I'm not into burger places that just stack. Yeah. Because stack, I can stack. But when you're talking about gastronomy and the actual explosion of the flavors exactly. and how you want them to sink in, that's when I'm like, yeah, you got it. Like, yes. well done. So this thing... Had the Juicy Lucy patty, had a boatload of curly fries on top, truffle mayo, which is pre- pretty much becoming the gourmet condiment on a burger, I find. Which I'm happy about because yeah. that is amazing. It is. I love truffle legit. mayo. But this burger was mind-blowing. It's easily, easily top three in Sydney for me straight off the bat. Ooh, okay. Blame Canada still from Bar Lucas, still top of the pops for me. But this thing is easy 2A, 2B at the moment. Okay. Going back to try it again tonight. They do these salted caramel shakes. They do cocktails that'll not only taste great, but they melt your face off. Yeah, right. I had two of these things. I'm like, hmm, probably shouldn't have drove here because I'm going to probably blow over if I get pulled <laughs> over. But it was good. Oh. Made it home. <laughs> Safe and sound. Safe and sound. <laughs> Sober as a judge driving home. No issues. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not that silly. But yeah, going back. Milky Lane tonight mm. in the Bondies. Should be fun. Looking forward to it. So that's your, that's your, that's your pick. That's my pick okay. at the moment. That's that's my new favorite little gem. Nice. Commuting from the northern beaches to Bondi is a pain in the ass. True. But I'll go anywhere for a good feed. Yep. It's never never that out of the question. No. No, not at all. Yeah. So transitioning to good eats. Yep. What good games have you been playing this week? You been playing much? No. Oh. <laughs> well, let's call that a podcast. We'll see no. you next week. <laughs> No, look, to be honest, not much playing going on this week, mm. but a lot of uh, attentive f- 
focus on gaming news. Nice, nice. So we've got some good stuff to talk about in that. We we did we did try and kick off the inaugural Gears of War co-op campaign this week. Yeah, we had some but trouble. not sure what's going on. I, I, I it's got to be something like a firmware on your Xbox needed updating, but mm. the Elgato couldn't get the comms from the the bone all the way through to my computer. Mm. So we sat and stress tested and tried to fix this the other, reboot all the drivers, yep. melodrama for about an hour. <laughs> we didn't get there. But then we just played Hearthstone. Then we played Hearthstone. <laughs> and you ruined me. <laughs> God. <laughs> Made myself a quick little standard warrior deck and Varen Rin dropped in both the games we played for me and he was just smashing faces. Yep. No, it definitely, I got hurt a lot. <laughs> Yeah, but but I don't I don't consider myself a good player to begin with, so I knew that was going to happen. But you had that Cthulhu on both games that we played. It was up to fifteen. He was like, if he dropped on the on the deck, he was just doom hammer. He was just yeah. going to wreck everything on there. Yeah, but uh, so I lucked out. Man, you dro- you drop that card sometimes, and you're like, it's up to like twenty, yeah. and you're like, yes, twenty twenty, and then the next turn, he's just like, bang. Yeah, big game hunter or something like that. No, just sheep. Oh. <laughs> just- <laughs> yeah, the polymorph. Polymorph pisses me Ooh, off so much. Man, that's bad. That's some that's some bad form. Mm. But um Yeah, I actually had a pretty good game of Hearthstone where I got this guy down to one health and I was on twenty and then he beat me. Yeah. He, he would have he would have ended that game doing the you biggest know what? little dance. I love those <clears throat> types of games though, because <clears throat> that makes me like excited because the next turn he's like doing some really technical stuff where it's like you know, he's making sacrifices and he's yeah. putting up his taunts and it's like, oh, I have to wait till next turn to drop something else. And it's mm. all just a height of melodrama. And but being on that side of the board when you are, you know, sub sub 10 or sub 5 health and it's just those desperation plays. Yeah. Praying for a miracle that this next card that's going to be unveiled is going to, you know, see you through or yeah. pull off that one in a million. It's... It's super simple fun. It's stupid fun. Like it's it's a great game. And when I get home this afternoon, um, I'm gonna finally dive into the Gwent Beta. Okay. So I got my Gwent Beta access. Uh, downloaded that yesterday, but didn't get a chance to play it at the moment. So next time we record for episode four one, I will uh, you know give you my thoughts and opinions on that. I might film actually a little bit of gameplay. Chuck it up on the tubes as well. Great. And the topic of the tubes. Not sure what happened, but apparently a lot of people like to see people get scared playing Outlast 2. Right. Um, you know, this week alone, we've hit our nearly nearly 1,500 views on that video. Mm. So um, thanks out there, viewers yeah. and listeners that uh, navigated their way to youtube.com forward slash we're8bit, checked out four of us stumble through the cornfields and the, the terrifying schools of Arizona. So I didn't write that game. I just... Yeah? Nah, I wasn't... Uh, I Like... I got a little bit scared, but mm-hmm. I just didn't find the gameplay all that flowy. Uh, I, I was I found myself trying to guess what to do a lot, and even though that can be good, you know, without being handholding and whatnot, and giving you the mm. sort of freedom, uh, I was very much like I was dead, and I was just like, oh well, I didn't know that yeah. I couldn't fight back, and I didn't know that, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I had to run, like there was no way that that was explained to me so there are there are hard style of game you know that survival horror subcategory where there is like no real way to defend or attack like it's literally it's not even fight or flight it's just flight and hide that's that's it and 
Yeah, I, I get exactly what you're saying because there, there's no there's no map, there's no compass, there's no sort of arrow saying go this direction. True, you, you're literally inching yourself through these scary environments, trying to work out what happens next. Yeah, because none of, none of the four of us playing that got to the end of the the demo. We got close. Yeah, true. Because I, I watched a gameplay demo of it after after uploading that video just to see how far away we were, and we we're all you know, within probably a couple of minutes away of where the ending was and you end up dying in the ending anyway. But we were close. This big demon chick with a big like sickle scythe spear thing just stabs you and rips you in half straight down your groin. Mm. And that's how you die. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different kind of game and I think you have to have a... Like it's a different type of player that enjoys those games where there isn't any attack-based elements of it. There isn't any way to counter... Yeah. The damage getting dealt to you, like yeah, yeah. it's it's a very passive type of st- game style, and ninety nine percent of games out there are aggressive. You know, you're on the front foot, you're attacking, or you can at least attack back. You don't see many games where it's you are defenseless, you're hiding, you're in fear of your life the entire time because no matter what happens, what comes at you, you either escape it or you're dead. Yeah, personally. For something like a survival horror to make me excited about playing it, I would like to interweave it with some sort of like murder mystery mm. where mm. you've got to figure out puzzles and solve stuff like that to mm. really get your brain going. That's what I think I would be. You, something it, like an X-Files or a 7 or, you know. You should, you should try the original Outlast because there is some of that dynamic in there where there mm. is some puzzles and some challenges that you need to do to, you know, advance from point c to point d and so on and so forth it's not just constantly running and hiding there is a little bit of thought process going involved but at the same time you are running and hiding so Mm. it's it's extremely tense playing those games like there was one area in outlast i remember playing where you're down in this basement and you've got to run and power on two generators to activate a lift to to further descend into this in this area Mm. at the same time there's friggin' bad guys stalking you everywhere with knives and everything ready to kill you so you're constantly running and hiding, hiding under a bed because someone's chasing you. The second he gives up, you run out, you power that one on, then you're hiding again and so on yeah, and so forth. Yeah. So it's extremely cat and mouse, extremely fearful. And yeah, it's it's just, you need to just be keep in mind when you play those types of games that yeah, it's it's unlike most games you've played. There's, there's no weaponry. There's no way to attack or counterattack. It's just run for your life. You may survive. Mm. You might get scared, and that's that's the premise. Yeah, I don't know what sort of you call that kind of subcategory, but it's probably yeah. a word out there for it. Yeah, I don't know. Not something I'm willing to lend my marketing skills to. <laughs> <laughs> so, I also played a bit more Gears uh, last night. Actually, I was at home, got home after dinner, and the guys at Two Gamers were doing a Horde mode playthrough, which which we knocked down the other day. Yeah. Um, so I jumped in late. I jumped in about wave 30. So okay. I jumped in from 30 to 50, helped them clear that. We played on a new map, versed a lot of different bosses that we played on our initial run through the other week, which was oh, cool. Really? So okay. I got to work out how to counter and survive against, you know, the helicopter boss yeah, and, yeah. and some of the other guys and what have you. So so that was pretty fun. Mm. Um, had, a, had a pretty good crew on that, knocked that down. Um, I think I don't think we wiped on the, the waves through 30 through 50 with the crew we had, which was lucky. And the other thing, I played um, this week, I think it was on Monday or Sunday of this week, just gone, the third episode of Telltale Batman released. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. I am 
so hooked on this game. It is so simple. You know, the Telltale games, it's... You're pretty much watching a game play out and then there might be a little bit of movement and and quick decision-making, you know. What answer, response are you going to say and then you say the wrong thing and character X will remember that, whether it be a good or a bad thing. (laughs) And just this dynamic they've got in uh, this Telltale Batman game where they've flipped a lot of the traditional Batman lore around and sort of playing with the pieces in a different way. Spoilery a little bit, but in, in this one... Oswald Cobblepot and Bruce Wayne grew up, they were friends. They were childhood friends. So they play on that. Obviously, they grew up together. Oswald's family was like a rich family and all this stuff. You see the usual ones like Selina Kyle's in there. So Catwoman's in there. Two-Face is in there. And you see the evolution of Two-Face becoming Two-Face. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. You feel like a bit of a scumbag in this because the playthrough I I sort of lent into into this game, Catwoman and and Harvey Dent or Two-Face before it was Two-Face, sort of starting to date. Okay. And, and so you meet Selena Kyle and you sort of start flirting a little mm. bit. And so you end up taking Selena from Harvey. So it's scumbaggery. Oh, Bruce Wayne and his billions. He's just like, mate, get under this arm. Oh, Brucey Blackheart. Get under this arm. So I'm sort of in a relationship now with Selena. And then old Harvey comes over after his, his horrific sort of face burn accident. And he's starting to, you know, have a bit of paranoia and his psychosis is starting to set in. Using his Samsung Galaxy Note 3. Yeah, you know, that Samsung just blew up, cooked his face, drama's all over, rolls around to Selena's house, you're there in your jocks. And so (laughs) Harvey straight away, like, what the hell's going on? I thought we were in love. And then obviously because you and Harvey are good mates, he's like, what's going on, Bruce? And then you see the Two-Face character start to Ah, take over. Okay. So then he's battling with this split personality situation and... Really, really, really well done. Like they use that sort of Borderlands style cell shading graphics. Oh, okay. So it's, it's um, you know, designed and artistically it's simple, but it looks great. The character models are pretty good. The storyline's great. And the fact that you've always got to be paying attention to, you know, you've got the, the face buttons on your controller to make your decision based off the, the dialogue going on. Yeah. And it's not something where you can sit there and mull it over for a minute. You've got sometimes, you know, five seconds to read all four of them and go, shit, what one do I do real quick? Oh, and man. depending on what you do, the game will change accordingly to your decisions. It's really, really good. And, and anyone that likes a good narrative or likes the Batman universe and wants something a little bit different, pick it up. I think to buy the game in its entirety, I think it's 50 bucks and that gives you six episodes. They get released every few weeks. So okay. the third one's just been released now. So you can buy it in full. And then when the new ex- episode is released, you just download it. Yeah. Or you can buy them episodically for, I think, maybe 10 or 12 bucks. Okay. But really, really good. Really fun. Hat tip to, to Telltale for, for sort of taking mm. the, the story of Batman and Two-Face and what have you and, and sort of spinning it down this new road. Yep. It's been really, really enjoyable. You know, they're maybe two hours each. These little episodes, some might be a little bit longer. So yeah. they're good little individual sessions. You sit down, you play it, you finish it. Then you wait for the next one to come out. So it's real cool. Real cool. Nice. What about you? Anything else you've been doing? Any, anything that you've, you've watched on the box that's worth noting? Any, any movies, TV? Um, look, I've been sort of rediscovering a couple of old classics because I find myself drawn to stuff that makes me happy when there's no new content out mm. there. I kind of feel like I've seen everything new that's come out for yeah. a while. Um, but I've just been rehashing a, a little bit of classic anime um, recently. Just... I don't know, I, I tend to get into a mood to watch anime toward the end of the year because it's like holiday time and 
you know, I don't like going outside when it's hot. So I just <laughs> curse you heat. Lay on my back like a beached whale and turn the fan on and chuck some anime on. Yeah. Because so I'm a classy gentleman. You are classy. You're really attractive mm. person. Um, <laughs> like, wow. You, you do sometimes do this with like a corn cob pipe and some leather bound <laughs> books in the vicinity as well. Milady. You know, um, on a Chesterfield. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, I've been sort of, yeah, as I said, getting some classic anime out there. Uh, and something that just won't go away for me is uh, Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's a legacy in itself because I remember seeing the first film and just being bewildered by it and not really understanding yeah. a lot of it because a lot of it is... It's difficult to translate the story when when you sort of telling it through anime this particular ghost in the shell story and, and it's hard when you watch those at a young age yeah as well like a lot yeah. of it goes over your head you just true go, yeah i'm watching a cool cartoon yeah you don't see the the layers that the story goes into and the depth of character and, and yeah what have you. well the thing is is that like uh the thing about the ghost in the shell movie and a thing that i've found with a lot of anime movies which tends to throw people off because they're always like oh, i don't understand it is the thing is, is that the, you come into the story halfway through. Yeah. You're you're never really from the beginning. Mm-hmm. The only one that's sort of really from the beginning is Akira, but there's still a lot that happened before the initial story that we don't really see. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Ghost in the Shell, it's like you sort of start halfway through. You're thrown into this world of the cyberpunk universe, and you know people can change their brains and all the kind of stuff, and you kind of just sort of have to be a part of the culture mm-hmm. to understand the motifs that um, uh, that the director and the writer is coming out with. But um, one thing i got to say is, like, if you've ever seen Ghost in the Shell and you never really understood it, watch the standalone complex uh, series because that's mm-hmm. a really good introduction mm-hmm. to it because you sort of get this slow burn introduction of all the characters and you attach yourself to the characters and... and become really into it so that's that's how i led into uh, ghost in the shell yeah um you know my my initial teething period with anime was was on the back of ninja scroll vampire hunter d and the like so i was into more just visually violent monstery based stuff yeah yeah. and um i I latched on to ghost in the shell a little bit later down the path and and yeah standalone complex was a great segue into that story yeah I didn't feel like I was jumping in as confused or unknown as, as you said, jumping into some of the other films yeah. where there's almost a little bit of a understanding that you should know a little bit about the law before you turn that film on. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree completely. It's a good handhold. It's a good transition into, into that universe. Yeah. So, like, if you're someone that feels like they want to understand anime but not sure where to start, um, I would probably say, you know, start with uh, Samurai X OVAs, Trust and Betrayal. They are by far my fa- most favourite anime of all time. Uh, I would also say give Ghost in the Shell standalone complex the mm. series a go. Mm. Um, and Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. That yeah, movie is fantastic. I'll absolutely. The original's great there. too, but the animation quality, because it was done, you know, mid-80s, isn't as high polish as, as Bloodlust. They're yeah. still both fantastic films. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, that's what I reckon. Yeah, so I've been I've been just rehashing a bit of that stuff. Um, they're going to be showing Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro at um, the Dendi Cinema in Newtown. I'm assuming. Yeah, on a back to back. It could be Dendi or it could be another cinema. I forget. But if you go to the Madman uh, 
website? Facebook page. Okay. They have the details on there. And I'm kind of think that the Spirited Away session's already sold out. Uh, it would be. It's, it's probably one of the most universally acclaimed animes across any of the genres. Like, it won like Academy, Academy Awards, Awards yep. things like that. Yep. It's beautiful, beautiful story, beautiful score, beautifully, you know, drawn up and designed. It's... I'm a big Ghibli fanboy, and, and yeah. those two, Spirit Away and Totoro, are just dear to my heart. I'll be 90 and still happily watch that sort of stuff, you know? There's really not a bad Ghibli film, right? No. I can't no. really p- pick a bad one. And the thing is, is that uh, some are better than others. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. But each of them uh, has their own subcategory. Like, you know with Disney, how you've got Disney fans, but then within the Disney universe, you've got people who just like Maleficent or people that just like Beauty and the Beast or people that just like Mm -hmm. Lion King. Mm -hmm. It's the same with Ghibli where it's like you meet people that are Ghibli fans and they they just like Kiki's Delivery Service because that's very special to them or you've got people that are really into Nausicaa. And the thing is, is that I think if you uh, haven't experienced any of these movies, which I don't really think that there'd be anyone out there that hasn't, but if you haven't, um, absolutely get onto it and get your kids onto it as well mm. because uh, just, I don't know, something weird that I find personally great about um, Ghibli films is they always have extremely strong female characters. Yeah. Um, there's always at least a very strong-headed female lead in pretty much every film uh, and it paints a really good picture for women mm. and uh, I love that about it. And there's no like... Um, you know, beauty standards or stuff like that. It's always like real people, um, a kind of a bit of a Tim Burton-y warped view on the universe, but uh, definitely something that I will be raising my kids on. Mm. Um, I agree. I agree. What do you think, uh, if you eventually have kids, (laughs) what are some staple games that you would probably introduce them at from from an early age? That's a good question. First of all, what, what age would you start letting them play games? See, I, I don't have an issue... Like you see a lot of this new world parenting now where they're like, oh, they can't touch electronics till they're 20 years old and, and all this poppycock. Yeah. I, I don't see an issue with it like as long as it's in a controlled environment. Like I, I don't want my, my kids playing video games from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Like, no, of course not. Give them, like it's, it's a treat. Get them outside, get them playing, doing all yeah, the kids' yeah, stuff. Yeah. But then, you know, a couple of times a week, let them play for an hour or two. Like, you know, Mario... Like the, the, yeah. the Nintendo console and platform is still probably one of the best outlets for early childhood as far as if they want to get into that digital entertainment like the mario games you know all the offshoots whether it be traditional mario mario kart mario party mario maker all that stuff and it will help with their motor skills with their thought processing things like mario maker for instance where you're making levels so you start to be thinking about um, you know, physical movement and, you know, that in reality to jumping up to there to move. It's like, an, it's like making an algorithm. Exactly, you know? exactly. So, so there's mathematics and there's smarts involved. So there, there is ways to further develop a, a child by video gaming. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of these apps now where they can put it on their iPad and then they can make their own super simple little game as well. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot of Well, a lot the of thing is, it's like our generation is probably the first generation that's been raised on video games mm. because we were the first generation to have a console um, just before we were born. So we literally had every single console that's been out mm. has been a part of our time. And I mean, you know, we're both confident young men. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, like uh, I play a hell of a lot of video games, but that's 
that's no negativity attached to that. Like I, I make sure everything else is done. I'll, yeah. you know, hold a job, all that stuff. But there's also people out there that have been in our same generation that don't touch video games. Exactly. And, exactly. and a lot of people tend to think it's an opiate. And it's like, I don't agree with that because it just depends on the product of your environment, really. Mm. For me, it was just like, I had an older brother or have an older brother. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Sub like. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we always just wanted to play video games and it was a good bonding thing for us too, because some of the best times we've had together is playing yeah. video games, you know, Tony Hawk, WrestleMania and, you know, even GoldenEye and stuff like that. It's mm. like, we always had that. So, and, and a lot of it, like you might not remember the finite details of the gaming session, but you'll remember that time like like over the last however many years now with cod since modern warfare yeah we'd all jump on like a group of six of us we'd jump on into the party chat we'd talk we'd have a laugh yeah sure you sure you pwning noobs and all this other stuff as you're doing it but this is our version of going to the pub really yeah yeah like people live interstate they live out of country yeah you know it's hard to sync schedules up when everyone's got a professional or a full-time life it's yeah. not as easy as just being kids and shooting up the park. Yeah. So, but it's easy to jump into a video game and invest some hours in. You might even forget what the hell you're playing, but you know, I can sit and talk to you across town about what's been going on. Yeah. Then we can talk to someone we know up in Queensland, whether yeah. in, in another country. Like it's, it's the bringing of people together that, you know, I think is the underlining meaning in video gaming that often gets forgotten. They're just like, True. oh, you're, you're 30 and you play video games. What a loser. It's like, you. Yeah, like you've got a stigma in your head about what it is and mm. it's just, that's not it. And yeah. everyone that's listening to this podcast knows what we're talking about because yeah. they're interested in video games enough to listen to us waffle on about it. Mm-hmm. But um, Thanks, listeners. <laughs> uh, in, in terms of uh, some staple games, like because I've got a niece and she's beautiful. She's the most beautiful she girl is a cutie. in the entire world. Mm. Um, but she's, oh, she'd be two next year. But I'm starting to think like, you know, when do I introduce the video games and how do I get going? Because there's a lot of uh, lot of competition mm. for the child's attention out there. You know, you've got the iPad and the iPhone and the Elmo and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, where would I I, I reckon start? maybe five. Yeah. Five's probably a fair age. Yeah. Because they can sort of understand a little bit more of the world as a whole. Yeah. So they can understand a little bit more of, what their choices may or may not mean in the game. Obviously, when you're, you're two and three, your motor skills might be there. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there's no real comprehension. You know, well, you, you press the button because it's just then instilled into your muscle memory to press said button. I had an idea for what I want to get us started on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get us started on the iToy PlayStation 2. Wow. Did you go have, way back. Did you ever play iToy? I literally, I think I played it in game remember when game oh, was a shop i remember game i, yeah. I played it on one like their display racks yeah back in the day i never had one yeah i had uh eye toy and unashamedly because that is a fantastic game mm. the thing is is that like um connect was trying to harness that same energy yeah but connect just never made it the same it was always co- the only thing mm. I, I liked on connect was uh frisbee golf loved yeah. playing that that was sick yeah but um with iToy, the games on it were more like point blank, you know, fun sort of uh, shooting gallery type games. But there was one called Window Washer where you had to move your arms around and wipe the windows. That's the one I think I yeah. played a game. And there's another one where you've got to like pick up things and put them in the basket yeah. or whatever, you know, and that's what I want to get yeah. her started on because 
that's teaching her that um, you know games can be fun and active, but there's also a point to it. There's exactly. also exactly. Uh, you know a mission or a, you know whatever that you have to complete, mm. and you're going to get points and you're going to move on, and it's like let's have lots of fun. And maybe I think probably eighth birthday. Yeah, yeah. Zelda Ocarina of Time. Ooh, chuck it into the deep end there. Nice. And it's going to be hard for me because that's like when you're a kid and mm. someone a lot older than you gives you an old CD and is like, you're going to love this. And yeah. it's like, no, this is not. That's the hard part, especially with kids. Like I've got too much younger sisters than me. Yeah. And trying to wean them onto some of those retro titles that, you know, are so dear to our hearts. Yeah, Yet so they can experience the magic graphics and things like the, that. Experience the magic as well. Yeah, but because the graphics are just the immediate hook on pretty well all games. True. To to majority of gamers, they see these blocky, poorly animated in comparison to today's gaming um, games. We power up, and they're just like, "Oh, what's well, this? Oh, thanks." I have a um, a really strong hope that they're going to transport Zelda: Ocarina of Time to the Unreal Engine. Because that's what they did with um, the new one that's coming out. What was it called? The new Zelda? Breath of the Wild? Yeah. That's made in the 4K engine. Mm. Uh, the, sorry, the, the, the Unreal Engine. Unreal engine. Yeah. Um, so, and could you imagine if that Zelda Ocarina of Time got released like in that engine? Oh my God. You get fantastic. lines down the street wanting to buy yeah. that game. Holy hell. So I'm hoping that that comes out because that's I, th- I think I'm going to get her onto that, mm. um, and then like, you know, maybe after that she'll be- she'll maybe find her own way because she'll be able to mm. decide what games she likes that's and what it. she doesn't. That's it. Majority but, uh, of little kids I see these days, um, especially just sort of talking indirectly via my little sisters, is that Minecraft is the true. gaming drug for kids. They live for Minecraft, and I'm okay with that. And it's good, I guess, because it is instantly it's accessible. Building, and yeah. it's not so much, you know, like, oh, killing and whatnot. And, I, and I, I have a lot of friends that have kids that do play Minecraft. Mm. And it's funny the way that they parent their kids whilst being on Minecraft. Like, for example, um, someone that I work with, she has three young kids. One of them is autistic and he loves Minecraft because it's great for him. Mm. But they all get on and play together. And there's rules that they've developed in the game. Like, you can't go and blow your brother's castle up or you can't go and kill your sister. Like, you can kill anyone that's trying to kill your sister, you know? So it's like, I like that too because I I remember when I was playing games with with my brother and my mum would, like, make up rules. Like, we'd go to play Street Fighter vs. X-Men and then she'd be like, you're not allowed to kill him straight away. You have to let him figure out the moves first. (laughs) So it's like... I love that, you know. Yeah, I remember those ones too as a kid because I, I, I grew up playing a lot with my with my uncle. He's sort of seven years older than me. So when yeah. I was, you know, six or seven or eight, he was, you know, 14, 15. And yeah. so we were playing similar games like that. And I remember Street Fighter and I remember Mortal Kombat and that exact sort of scenario <laughs> happening where my mum or my grandma said, yeah, you can't do that. Let him, let him practice and learn first. And I'd always like be practicing, but then I wouldn't say when I'm going to stop. And then I'd just start laying into him. <laughs> And he gets so angry. Uh, but no, it's, I, I don't think it's a negative towards childhood at all playing video games. You know what's uh, odd for me um, now is that like since we were kids, games were always marketed towards mm. kids. 
But now that we're adults, it seems like they're marketing games toward adults. Yeah. And I find that that's kind of strange because they've shifted from marketing games towards kids. Like we saw with that, you know, new Wii ad, that was marketed towards adults heavily. Yeah, it was just adults through the entirety of the commercial, wasn't there? Yeah, so it's like... No kids playing the Switch. Yeah, but I'm also like, when are they going to market games towards kids? Mm. Well, there's still that educational gaming space available. Yeah, you've got Leapfrog and stuff like that. And things like that. And and we saw a couple of games on display at various conventions which are aimed more at the education and the upskilling of knowledge in in children as well. So I I don't think that's going to go anywhere. But yeah, as you said, there's been a bit of a paradigm shift for mainstream gaming where yeah it's transitioned into focusing on those those young adults and um the late 20s early 30s gamers i think um i'm gonna make a bold prediction here because you heard it here first this isn't no you know cubs win the world series prediction but this is like go the cubs (laughs) i can wear my hat with pride now true underdogs um the curse is broken i get the feeling that one day we will be able to stream and play a game like we do a movie or a TV show where there's no download, there's no installation. It's just hit play and it streams all at once. Mm. And I think that Steam will eventually become Netflix of games. Yeah, it's, it's getting... They're moving all the pieces in a way to position themselves for that jump. Yeah. You know, they are the digital gaming house for PC. Because that would make me very happy. Because it's like there's nothing worse than coming home and wanting to play games. You've got about a two-hour window before you have to go to bed. And all the games you've got, you've played. And you go to the Steam store and you're like, I want to play something. And you're looking and looking and looking. And by the time you've found something, it's like, well, now I've got to go to bed. Well, it's like, I've got 20 minutes left. Oh, it takes an hour to install. Oh, exactly. okay. It's like just exactly. never that easy. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that eventually one day I'll just come home and be like, I feel like playing a racing simulator and then just hitting the racing category and just going, bang, all of a sudden I'm playing. Yeah. And then have everything from like Outrun on SNES to uh, Forza Horizon, like everything mm. in between. Like they could already do that now with sort of retro or last gen games, obviously just because of the, the data packet size. Yeah, true. Of a couple of meg as opposed to, look at Gears War, for example, that was like a 50 gig download. So mm. you could get probably all the way up to at least 360 and stream on ADSL 2 without too much of an issue. Yeah. But then when you start jumping into current gen now, you need a pretty large pipe of data to be able to handle that Gonna download. Gig a second mm. type of speeds. Which... Like, like through Europe and America, you'd be able to do it fine. Mm. But here in Australia, because 95% of our internet around the country is still so old and shit. <laughs> We're hurting. Like the fact that we're still running a copper backbone is just mind boggling to me. Yeah. I get the feeling that maybe internet will go completely wireless one day. Yeah. Well, they're already, they've sort of ascended to to LTE and things like that. So there's 5G getting tested now. Yeah. So it's, it's already, you're noticing, I I find sometimes it's quicker if I tether my phone and download Mm. or, or at least on an upload. Like if I'm uploading a YouTube video, I'll tether my phone and use my phone data to do that upload as opposed to using just the, the fixed cable internet that I've got because the upload speeds are night and day. Yeah. That's my rant. We've got just wild ideas going on today. It's, it's just the dream factory in here, <laughs> you know? Oh, man. But um, shall we have a look at some news? Let's get into some news. 
This week's news headlines. First one. BlizzCon is happening as we speak. Yes. We'll probably be just about finished up by the time this comes out. Yes. But the biggest news, in my humble opinion, is that Sombra has finally, finally, finally been confirmed as the next playable character in Overwatch. They've been hinting at her and, and sort of, you know, dancing around the point with her ever since Anna got released way back when. Yeah. So they've released a six-minute video short titled Infiltration, uh, which shows her in a little bit of a dynamic with Reaper and Widow. Great little video. We've got a whole little little sort of sizzle reel with all three of the videos at the moment that Blizzard have officially released over at 8bit.net. Check mm. it out. Mm. So she is a stealthy offensive infiltrator who can hack her en- enemy's um, abilities to disrupt them. She looks super fun. She's got a little SMG, 60 clip in the gun, which is freaking awesome. Sick. So I don't know if the gun just isn't doing much damage. Oh, if, yeah, if, if it's sure. got If it's got a decent damage no, output, no, like no. if it's a higher damage output than, say... Um, McCree, no. McCree, not McCree. Um, Traces, you know, her dual oh, pistols. no way. Like if the damage output is higher than that, this Sombra is just going to be a beast. Yeah. So they, they showed her ability. So she's got a cloaking ability. A la Predator, so she can just go invisible and stealth around. The second yeah. she attacks, she appears again. Fair enough. Um, her ultimate's this disrupt where she drops like this EMP grenade, knocks down all enemy um, shields, all enemy turrets, things like that. She Ooh. can hack turrets. So Torb, Ooh. so she could stealth in, hack a Torb turret. Nice. And then just pop it off. Um, great. And then the other one she's got is she sort of throws this like teleport disc down. Okay but she can throw it wherever she likes and then instantly press to it and teleport to where it is or she could park it for five minutes or whatever. I'm not sure if there's a timer on it. Park it, get in, do some damage, then press the button, then just recall herself to the teleport station as well. Wow, that's a lot of abilities. Yeah, so she's super fast. Um, Obviously, that in and out stealthy roguelike aspect to it. The videos were great. She looks like a cool little character. Fun little dynamic to sort of get around the the bastions and the torbs and whatnot where you can just cloak your way in there, you know, use the hack to disable said tyrant, then just cook it and then your team can push. So it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. Some other um, information have come out over BlizzCon regarding Overwatch and the big one they've come out with is Overwatch Arcade. Hmm. So Overwatch Arcade ties into a variety of regularly rotating game modes so there's uh you can do 1v1s 3v3 skirmishes and then there's special rule sets where there's no hero switching so when you start that game and and you roll out as diva or whoever you're stuck as diva for the entirety of the match yep yeah so every week or every fortnight i think they're going to be rotating the the playlists around Mm. and um each week you get bonus experience um you you complete some of these modes you're getting loot boxes straight off the bat and it's available from next week, which is pretty bloody awesome. Great. Sombra is available, like she's currently getting played over at BlizzCon, but she's probably going to transition onto the PC next week, maybe the week after, and then console will probably follow not too far after that. Mm. And the last big bit of snippet of news that's come out from BlizzCon in the last 24 hours is that the Necromancer is going to be returning in Diablo 3 in early okay. 2017. So... He was a, a playable Sam, character Sam in Diablo that. 2. Yeah. I, you know, ashamedly have still never played a Diablo game, so don't judge me. <laughs> but from from what I know and, and talking to people that played Diablo, Necromancer is one of the more fun characters to to sort of roam around those dungeons and, and cause havoc in. So yeah, yeah, that's that's from the first day of BlizzCon. Obviously, we're going to see see some more over the next 24, 36 hours. 
probably they've announced a new Hearthstone expansion, but we won't talk much about that. We might cover that off next week when old Sam's back. Talk a bit of that. Talk a bit of WoW. Everything else they're going to be showcasing there. So so BlizzCon's well in effect. Some other other bits of news. A quick public service announcement. Anyone that's looking to buy Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, do not buy it via the Windows Store. Okay, why is that? Because then you don't have... Well, not cross-platform, but cross-PC play. So say you buy it on Steam. Yeah. I buy it off the Windows Store. Yeah. We can't play together. What? It's idiotic. It's completely stupid. So is that to force people into one? 100%. Because yeah. that's just going to make people go to Steam. Like, yeah. It's not going to work out the way they think. Like <laughs> It's so short-sighted, and I'm not really sure what or if any logic there was behind Microsoft forcing um, EA and Infinity Ward to sell their game down that channel, locking down various ports or whatever, whatever the thought process is. But mm. any PC gamers that haven't picked up Infinite Warfare yet, get it on Steam. Otherwise, you're going to be in some trouble. You're probably going to be wow. in a pretty lonely server. Interesting. But um, it's been getting some some lukewarm reviews. Right. You know, they're, 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 I've read a few as well where they're saying, has, has COD lost its way? You know, because they're just trying to overextend and Go overextend. And and, yeah. yeah, like I saw some footage of it where they're actually like running around doing battle on Jupiter. Things like that. So but, it's, it's okay. getting nuts. And, I, and I always, I'm always the point of contention with COD. It's such a, a, a two-way street because so, so many people are constantly comparing any COD game to Modern Warfare 2. It's that, that is the pinnacle mm. for everyone. And it's like, it's not as good as Modern Warfare 2. And it's like, this is the Metallica of video games, right? <laughs> because, I mean, as soon as... Uh, was it Modern Warfare? Well, there was Modern Warfare. There was three Modern Warfare. What was after Modern Warfare? Then 3? they transitioned into Black Ops. Right. So they went. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's Modern right. Modern Warfare Two, Black Ops. So when they Modern went Warfare to 3. Black Ops, that was the Black Album, ironically, because it's like they brought in a new bunch of fans. They added some cool stuff, but they strayed away from the mm. Modern Warfare Two thing. And it's like you've got these OG fans who came in on Modern Warfare Two, and everything that they do is compared to Modern Warfare Two, but for someone like me, um, who, by the way, came in at the original Call of Duty, the very first mm. one. I started playing Call of Duty then. The old Timey War one. Which was 2004. I started playing then. So that's 14 years I've been playing this game. 12. 12. 12. 12. Um, Good maths. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just like, you know what? Let them do their new thing and just take each new thing as it comes as a separate thing. Don't compare it. Just... Enjoy it as a standalone game. It's just hard because when they attach that Call of Duty to it, like if they just went Infinite Warfare, you could look at it more as standalone, self-contained games. Yeah. But when there's that constant tagline, Mm. obviously the reason they do that too is because then there's global awareness, brand awareness. Yeah. But there's things things in it, there's common threads between them. Yeah. Like there's, there's common threads from the first game and the current game. So... I see why, but I mean, yeah. At its core, it stays the same. The thing is, it's like, what is what are people expecting them to do if they don't expand and they don't mm. go crazy and they don't test the waters with new and different things? Mm. Uh, do they just want them to put out Modern Warfare two every year? Because this isn't FIFA. This isn't like 
that type just of game. A, just a roster update every year. Yeah, you know, and it's like they would just cop so much shit if yeah. that's what they did every year. Yeah, I, I think they're never going to be able to please the entirety of the fan base. Like, no matter what, you're going to get the sticklers that will say, oh, now it's too futuristic. We're fighting on Jupiter. Now it's Halo. Like, you always get these guys yeah. that are going to get something stuck in their craw and piss and moan about it because they remember the glory days of Modern Warfare. I love the glory days. Modern Warfare, that, the three Modern Warfare games are still the best COD games, in my opinion. Yeah. But for my opinion, there's a million different other ones when they say not, the Black Ops series is the best. Some might say Advanced Warfare is the yep. best. There might be 10 that might say that because it wasn't very good. You know, and Infinite Warfare, some that might jump into COD at Infinite Warfare might think yep. it's the best because they know none of the, the history and the, the, the games that have come before it. So I've got an idea for what they should do. Uh, I think what they should do is they should keep going with their crazy ideas, but I think they should design a new game that is specifically marketed towards esports, mm. where it's an online only because p- people that play that are not playing for the storyline, and you make it an arcade game and you take all the best elements of every modern warfare game and make it into the yeah. perfect esports team-based shooter so that people who just want to play that can just play yeah. it nonstop. Well, that, that would, I don't know because I still haven't picked up Modern Warfare, I mean Infinite Warfare because I've got too many other games on the plate at the moment. Yeah. But they were talking about prior to release, releasing a cheaper version of it with just the multiplayer aspect Yeah. Um, available on disc or available digitally. I don't think they've done it this round. Could be wrong. You know, yeah. I haven't really vetted that at all, so it's just gone back a few months from what I can remember. But yeah. It makes sense in that regard where, yeah, the, the online guys where they don't give a rat's ass that you're, you're fighting Jon Snow or Christopher Maloney or whoever, <laughs> Kevin Spacey, all, all these um, antagonists and, and protagonists. Yeah. Yeah, where they can maybe release the game for 60 bucks as opposed to 100 and yeah. you just get the, the online multiplayer aspect. It's, it's a smart thing that you, you're talking about there. And, and I dare say probably in the coming releases they will transition in that regard because esports is just growing and growing and growing and it's becoming more recognized by the day. The fact that, you know, ESPN stream it now, mainstream television showcases. Yeah, but it's like esports is still, as an, is in an FPS space, is still Counter-Strike. And yeah, it, it's still probably the it's biggest. Funny, it's funny how COD is one of the world's mm. biggest games, but it hasn't really made to be the standard when mm. it comes to esports. So I think if they did... Just the, the the absolute perfect multiplayer team based shooter, and took a a little bit of everything um, to make it hundred mm. percent, and then made it the standard because then people at home could play it, and then it would become a sport. Do you do you think regarding you know CS still being yeah the esports benchmark? Do you think that probably ties into the fact that the game has been finished? in this final state for so long where they're not saying now it's CSGO plus, 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 or where, yeah, yeah, as you said, doubling back to maybe they just had Modern Warfare or Infinite Warfare and then that's just stayed for years and then they transition away from that COD name. Well, you make a good point because the people who play CS professionally, mm. they know the game to a T. Exactly. And that's because they've been playing the same game for 10 years. And the same maps, and the they same know weapons. The same hitboxes. They know every weapon, recoil, everything. It's yeah. just they have it down to a science. Yeah. Where and every card you're pressing reset every year. True. And, and then you might be pressing reset twice because they cycle between Infinity Ward and Treyarch making the game yeah. year on year. 
then it plays slightly different depending on yeah. the, the developer, the hitboxes vary, mm. all that kind of stuff. So that's probably why CS is so firmly entrenched as you know the king of mm. FPS esports because it's it is the finished product and it yeah. hasn't changed as you said for like ten years. Yeah, which where, is good. You know, I always used to think they could have bought out more games, but now I think about it, I'm like, no, nah, just mm. keep it as is. Why would you? They all they like they're clever. They just release new skins. Yeah, you know, a, a new weapon here or there, but yeah. it's you know, it's a cash, it's a gold mine for them. Yeah, you know, the money they would be generating off that game would be phenomenal. And there's nothing like playing a bit of Ice World with your mates. See, I, I don't even know what that means. Oh, I'm guessing Ice that's World. a map. Yeah, we've played Ice World before. That's the map in CS where there's it's made out of ice, obviously, and there's four pillars, and you just run around and kill oh, each other. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. We've, I think I have played that. We've like played once. it a bunch of times. Yeah. Not a big CS guy. I'm still noob in the PC world, so maybe I'll play some Ice World this year. No. It's, maybe not. It's only good when you've got mates, but... Speaking of mates, actually, I don't know how that transition is <laughs> going to work at all. <laughs> A Starship Troopers reboot is in the works by Sony. Okay. Military brouhaha. Don't know how I you know, feel, but yeah. Larger than life, muscle-bound marines fighting aliens trying to take over Earth and what have done. you. It could be done. Yeah. It's, the first one was brilliant. It was my favourite movie when I was a kid. Yeah. 100%. It, it is one of the ultimate popcorn movies. At its premise, it is a shit movie, but it's just <laughs> larger than life. Explosions, titillation, bloody gore, yeah. aliens, blood splatter, all this fun stuff. It's, Michael it's, Ironsides you know, like running around in there. Honor and, uh, you know, integrity and mm. patriotism and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's politics. America turned yeah. up to 11, you yeah. know, like Rico's Roughnecks. And yeah. Seeing um, Neil Patrick Harris as the, as the young <laughs> genius scientist and all this. Yeah. Like, it's. And the the media crossovers they do in in, yeah. the, in the film very very well done. The second comic, and third comic book styles, yeah. Second and third sequels were complete trash. Yeah, no, no good. But it could be fun as as long as they try and hold that light heartedness and not try and take itself too seriously. Yeah, I don't I don't think they'll take it too seriously. I get the feeling we'll um we'll get that JJ Abrams um feather touch of mm. modern era. Or they'll um, just get Michael films. Bay and just explosions everywhere. You know that would be upsetting. Yeah, but it's funny because Casper Van Dien, who was Rico in this, yeah, literally fell off the face of the earth after this movie. Like I haven't seen him in a thing since. He sort of popped up in a few movies in and around that era, but he's Gonski's. Mm. Denise Richards was in that movie. Yes, who she is was. A stone cold fox. <laughs> fox. <laughs> but yeah, Starship Troopers movie getting made. A, a quick little passing note: Phil Spencer came out and confirmed that. Uh, Project Scorpio will, in fact, still support the Xbox 360 backwards compatibility that the Xbox One and the Xbox One S currently doing, yep. which is great. So they're going to see that through the full cycle. And the last part, which I um, found pretty interesting as I was uh, trolling the interwebs, is that um, an entire country has been banned from EA Origin. So not just like one person or one you know, group. Can I guess who it is? You can have a guess. Is it Russia? No, no, oh. it was actually uh, Myanmar. So Myanmar... What? Um, it's, it's, it's pretty bad on, on behalf of Origin as well. So I'll, I'll sort of read a little bit tying into it. And, and this was a direct quote back from Origin when a frustrated gamer in Myanmar 
hit up EA as to what's going on because they couldn't log in. So they had no access to any of the games they've bought. So any games they've bought, access is gone. No, wow. no refunds. Wow. No nothing. So if you bought every game in existence yeah. from Origin, you know, spent hundreds of dollars, that's gone for life if you're in Myanmar, right? What? And so they, they got, a, got a quote from the help desk at Origin and they said, yes, with the Origin 10 update, US laws in brackets, which is where EA is based, force them to block certain countries. Unfortunately, you live in one of those countries. I'm sorry, but there is nothing we can do here to allow you access again. And then they sent another question, um, another query. And yeah, from, from Origin, I'm sorry, but Origin is no longer available in Myanmar. <laughs> so they've just went blanket the country I wonder it's why. Done. It must have something to do with trade deals or something oh, weird like yeah. that. Or the, you know, there's probably some kind of spying going on, some WikiLeaks nonsense. Some deleted email. They, yeah. they, they found a Hillary Clinton email over in Myanmar and they went, you know what? We're not going to have this. You're <laughs> done. Call Julian Assange. You're off but, Titanfall 2. Uh, Goodbye. You know what though? I mean, this is just going to create a culture of proxy service. Uh, they'll get around it. It's not hard. Come on. No, but it, well, well, yeah, for, for new purchases, yes. But all your other games are tied to that original no, account. No, but, but if, you, if you're logging in as yourself in another country, you'd, you'd get all your games for sure. I don't know about that because, you know, when you register, you've got to put your country where you're based. So it might be tied to your gamer account. Mm. Anyone that's listening from Myanmar? <laughs> um, Send us a message. Yeah, and hello in your language. Mm. I don't know what that would be. But uh, send us in a question. Let's break mm. down them barriers. We're hands across the water over here. Mm. Anyone over there that is having these troubles, just set up a new account, get onto Holler, get that VPN reroute going on, set up an account in a, in a safe country or safe deemed by origin. <laughs> you'll get some access to Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 1 and whatnot. Mm. If that happened here to me, just thinking about it, like I would be fucking ropeable. Oh, you and the entire Everybody, country. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I've, I've only got, I think, two games on origin, right? If there's but. anything we've learned from shapes, <laughs> yeah, it's just don't take something away from Australians that they don't necessarily yeah. love it all the time, but don't, they want the option. Don't put Brendy in a corner, I'm telling you now. Because <laughs> it's like no one here cares about Origin that much. I mean, we love EA games, yes, mm. but it's no one's like, oh, Origin's the best thing. But it's like if you took Origin away, it'd be like, what are you doing taking our Origin away? Mm. And, and I can understand maybe if they did a an email outright to all the people in Myanmar and said, hey, due to new US laws, we're ceasing support of your country. Here is a credit for the games you purchased. But the fact that they went, we're keeping all your money and not giving you the goods that you paid for with said money due to laws and went, so sad, too bad. That is disgusting. Man, they, if that happened here, there'd be some... Class action lawsuit or well, ties in, remember in the, the, the Valve um, going through the courts here, yeah, due to their sort of grey area regarding discounts and refunds and what have you in the Australian, um, which conflicted with the Trade Practices Act here in Australia. So yeah, we're always getting stooged. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that's the last we see of uh, Origin versus Myanmar. <laughs> Maybe not. Oh, Maybe not. That's an interesting little story. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was that was worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple other things worth mentioning. We've got some new releases coming out this week. Only uh, five, so it's a bit of a quieter week leading up to Christmas. You know, as you know, we the just game, had so many. It, it is come out. It's the best and worst time of the year for gaming. Yeah, like, there's so many games that come out, and it's such a great time to to get all these new exciting AAA titles and indie titles. But then at the same time, you're like, it costs so much money, and where do I find the time to play all these games? 
uh, year on year, I'm usually a COD day one type of release guy because all the team gets on. We get on, we go crazy, testosterone, pony noobs, all that stuff. Yeah. But I'm just like, I got too much to do at the moment. I can't find the time. Well, look, just so you know, um, the other thing I wanted to make quick reference to that people should be aware of is the SAG, Screen Actors Guild, uh, AFTRA, which is the voice actors section. Mm-hmm. Um, they have gone on strike specifically for the video games industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's talk that it could last a long time. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll probably have some more news on this as it comes to hand. It's only just sort of been spoken about. But, um, you know, it's being the strike's being led by the SAG after union. Um, it's continuing as of today. Last month, the union picketed outside of the EA headquarters. And according to them, had a very good turnout. They, they do plan to pick it against other companies fairly soon. The, it just looks like the, the video game companies couldn't come to a successful agreement with the union and they're just they're not taking it lying down. Um, there's a lot of it about tw- on, on Twitter um, about what's, what's been happening. They definitely don't show any signs of slowing down though. Um, they've got a lot of support from you know, a couple of major corporations and it's just interesting what's going to happen with that because, I mean... If you remember the writer's strike that happened in America, mm. all the Letterman jokes went downhill. All the Conan jokes went down. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel basically just didn't say anything when he got on stage. <laughs> He's so, like, oh. Yeah, and it was like... The, the I, roots, everybody. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's Jimmy Fallon. Ah. <laughs> Kimmel's just that other guy. He's just yeah. no good. But um, it's going to be interesting what happens with this strike. I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. Watch this space. Could affect future games coming out. Mm. Well, it won't affect these five games that are out this week, yeah. happily. What do you got this the week? The first one. Or oh, four games, sorry, and a console. Okay. So the first one, Robinson The Journey comes out on PSVR on November the 8th. Yeah. Tyranny comes out on PC on November the 10th. The big one, the PlayStation 4 Pro comes out on November the 10th. Mm. Dishonored 2, PC, PS4 and Xbox One on big November the one. 11th. I am picking that up because sure. I freaking loved... The first one, I'm going to make time for this. I'm going to just clear my slate. But Titanfall 2, I'm going to play that up until the 11th and then it's going to stand aside for Dishonored. And the <laughs> so last one... Games, so many little time. The Nintendo NES Mini comes out on November the 11th. Oh, that little one, yeah. I'm still trying to get one. Why? Because I want one. But you've got the Hyperdeck. I want one. <laughs> There's <laughs> logic there somewhere, no, I know. There is not, there is not. And I would have had one the other day. But EB, EB did like a limited release. They sold out obviously on the first batch in yeah. seven seconds. Yeah. They dropped a tweet the other week saying, oh, okay, we're going to do another limited run. I think it was like a Thursday afternoon from 1 p.m. or whatever the time might have been. What a weird time. So I jumped on on that day, 10 minutes before. I'm sitting there refreshing the page, refreshing the page, refreshing the page. 1 p.m. rolls around, nothing. 110 rolls around, nothing. 120 rolls around, nothing. 130, nothing. And then they sent another tweet. Oh, due to... You know, web technical-based errors, it's updated, like it's off for now. Not you know? fun. We'll update you when the, when the next batch becomes out. I missed the announcement for the next batch that happened a few days later. Mm. They sold out in five or six minutes as well. I missed the boat on that. I know Brad from D1 tried to get one. He had it in his cart, but then when he tried to check out, because he wasn't logged in, he logged in. And then by the time um, he went to check out again, that item that was already in the cart came up as now sold out. But uh, look, just so you know, this isn't your fault. And the thing is, is that it's not other people that are getting that. It is bots and snipers. That's what 
people are doing mm. on Australian based. Mm. Like, it's making they're making it so hard just to buy anything because there's just this mentality of FOMO, especially in Sydney, mm. where it's like you know the Kenzo H and M collab that happened this week. There were people camped outside for three days just to just to buy some clothes, just so they could resell it. That's the thing, and it's like. Mm. That's going to happen with the, with the NES minis. I love the logic with that too. It's like, I'll take three days off work to buy this that I can sell for double, but I still lose out money from the days I didn't work. These people don't work. This is their job. Fuck you then. Is to, you know, resell. It happens a lot with sneakers. It happens a lot with clothes. Mm. And then weird stuff like baby formula and all sorts of stuff yeah, like it, that. It's, it's an annoying... It's something we've touched on, I think, a few times yeah. over these this 40-episode cycle. I'm very where, passionate about that issue, yeah. Where it's not the status of owning the product. It's mm. it's the thought of immediately flipping it for yep. a profit. Yeah. And and I can't, I can't fault someone too much. Like if they want to wait three days to sell something to make some money, it's, it's a shit go because mm. then you're making the person that wanted that and maybe couldn't wait for those three days because he's working or whatever the circumstance, having to then pay double, triple, whatever the market price or market value of the product was on launch to get it because they genuinely want it. They genuinely love the brand or the product. Like it's The thing is, is that, you know, especially when it comes to clothing, if you can get any, any item of clothing on a celebrity, on the right celebrity, mm. that's what will create the hype. Mm. You know, there was these shoes called the Adidas Ultra Boost. And they were just like a typical run-of-the-mill type of jogger. But as soon as Kanye West wore them, whew, mm. sold out every day. We need to get one of our Hungry Gamers t-shirts. I was going to say. Richards. Denise Richards. Yeah. I don't Come back a, to that well. <laughs> no. We should, we should send Kanye some THG gear mm. and see what he thinks. I reckon he'd be into it. We have to get a new batch done because the last shirt just went the other day. Hey. We're cleared out. Thanks very much to you guys for picking all that stuff up. It really makes us happy. And um, we'd love to do some more merch for you. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been experimenting with enamel pins. Maybe that's something we can that's do. That's a good little idea. Yeah. I saw your first little Kirby pin. It was, was pretty cute. Yeah. They're pretty expensive Had to make. funky shirt. Uh, not shirts. Funky sunglasses on. Yeah. Uh, that's taken from a real picture. But like uh, pins aren't ex- uh, aren't uh, cheap and we might have to do a pre-order. But That's okay. We, we, can we can work out something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, love it. Thanks very much, guys. And if you want to... Like maybe t- hit us up with some ideas for what you want to see on mm. merch. Yep. Um, let us know if you want to see more of Craig, the dinosaur. Yeah. Craig, the Rex. We've got a whole host of designs that we could then translate into apparel. Yeah. Or if you want something completely fresh. Yeah. Let us, us know. And any budding designers that want to get on board with 8-Bit and Hungry Gamers, um, send us a sketch or something and maybe yep. we can look at... Um, Collabing, mm-hmm. huh? At, huh? At we are eight bit on the the Facebooks, the Twitters, the DMs are open on the Twitters, so you can slide, slide right on in there, in there. <laughs> or just go to eightbit.net forward slash ask and, and hit us up via there. So um, some people that have gone to eightbit.net forward slash ask and hit us up on a few things. We'll, we'll dive into a little bit of listener mail, mail grab, mail grab. You got it. I got the mail grab. You've got mail. Thanks Holy for that, Chuck. Holy moly! There we go. So the first one, viraapit.net forward slash ask. Ahoy, hungry gamers. First time, long time. Quick question for you. What is the worst video game controller of all time? Cheers, Dan B. Uh, I know the answer to this one. <laughs> you do? <laughs> but I don't remember the name of it specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an FPS controller, obviously a third-party company, and it had triggers. It was a PS2 controller, and it had triggers 
So, like the Xbox has triggers underneath it. This had the same, same design. But if you can imagine two Namco guns, that was what the controller was, with buttons in between. And of course, you had the turbo button. Yeah. And you had the, um, you know, the uh, the, the crazy uh, buttons up top that would do the rapid fire and stuff like that. But for some reason, the mapping on the D-pad was so off. It was just like you could you couldn't diagonally turn. Mm. It was just like up, left, right, down. So it's like just horrible, bloody thing. Um, the other one that was really bad was the Mad Cat's Mega Drive 2 controller. That was awful because, um, you know, mates would come over to play. I would give that to them. To <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> and they'd be like, why can't I turn? Yeah. You and, know? and just anytime you buy a third party controller, the buttons were always a bit stiffer. Yeah. The joysticks weren't as fluid. Yeah. Which makes me appreciate controller design a oh, lot yeah. more because they, they really do put a lot of thought and effort into mm. the materials and stuff. You know, but uh, I, you don't really have that problem anymore. Um, no. Mad Cats as a company now is one of the best controller companies out there. And the stuff that they've come out with recently is incredible, especially the PC stuff that they come out with. Wow. Mm. Incredible stuff. That's it. Humble so, beginnings though. Yeah. So Mad Cats is one of them. Scuff Gaming does some great controllers as well. Yep. You can get them custom skinned as well, custom sticks, custom buttons, whatever you want to customize. They can color code it and skin it to your heart's content. True. One of the first ones that I remember playing way back when I was a little attacker was the Atari Jaguar controller. Ooh. It was this giant almost like plate of a controller. <laughs> Had the sort of D-pad up in the top left. The bottom almost looked like a calculator. Like there oh, was wow. nine buttons on the bottom what? and there was three red buttons down the right. Like, And when you've got little hands, yep. it's hard to navigate a game when there's 65 buttons across a controller that's a meter long. What do those buttons do? Oh, I can't even remember. I just remember having a night like struggling with, say, playing asteroids and things like that where you might only be using one or two of the buttons, but then when you're a young guy and you see all these other buttons, you get so overwhelmed, so confused as to what you've got to use it for. On the topic of big controls, I remember playing the original Xbox controller, yeah. which was also that was very weird. bulbous and it very was very massive. bulbous, wasn't it? And, and that was another one where when you're younger and you've got little hands, it's hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest pet peeve of controllers, and it's probably going to get a little bit of um, hostility thrown my way, I hate the Nintendo 64 controller. Yeah, I, I know. hate that. Yeah, thing. heaps of people hate it. Stupid, stupid, crazy, logically free design. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's put the joystick in the middle on this middle prong. Yeah. On the left prong, let's put a C pad. Yeah. And a D pad and some buttons there and a trigger button on the middle and all this and like. Remember navigating like a game like 1080 snowboarding where you had to <laughs> have seven hands to, to hold all the buttons before you jump at the top of the half pipe to do a, a trigger. Yeah. And it was just the most brain-twisting, headache-inducing thought process to try and do like, ah, a, like a 720 tower grab. Working on their motor skills though. Oh, and, and yeah, may, maybe I need to say thank you for 64 for opening up a certain part of my brain that I never use due to this weird logical you know, requirement <laughs> to decipher your controller. But that controller still to this day annoys me a bit. I think what would be cool is if we collaborated again with our fans and maybe tried to design the best controller. Mm. How, what would it look like? Just a generic controller can be for any console. How would it look and what would it have on it? Mm. 
Um, would you be, would it be two handed, one handed, three handed? <laughs> Interesting. Straight up though, the the Xbox One controllers are. I picked that up and it feels like home to me. Yeah. Right amount of weight. Yep. Fits my hands perfectly. Yeah. All the buttons are laid out right. Like I love the PlayStation controls, but because they're almost half the weight of it, it feels like I'm going to break one. Yeah. Going from Xbox back to PS and vice versa, you feel like you're going to snap the PS4 controller in half when you press the button too hard or something. I'm all about those Xbox controllers. They've they've probably been my favorite controllers so far. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. Thanks, DMB. Next one via Twitter, Joe Dirte of all people on the Twitters. <laughs> Don't try and church it up, dirt. <laughs> Name a game where the sequel is better than the original. For me, Modern Warfare 2 hit all the right There notes. you go. You know, there you go. We've talked about okay. M-Dubs 2. That's a good... good it's a gem. It's, it's, a, it's a good one though and I'll pay that. Uh, Time Splitters. Mm, Time Splitters 2 was a million go. percent better than Time Splitters 1. That's for damn sure. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good ones. You got some? Mass Effect 2 for me is the uh, one that first comes to mind just because yeah. that series, you know, it owns my heart. Another good one, yeah. So Mass Effect 2 did all the things that were great from number one and turned it up that little bit, added more to it. The characters were great. Everything was great. Like Mass Effect 2 is the best sequel, in my humble opinion, that has been out, that I've personally played. Yep. Um Trying to think of some other good ones. Other ones you could say is even the Mario Kart series. It gets better over time. Yep. The Mario Super Mario Brothers series gets better over time. Yeah. Remember when Super Mario Bros. Three if, came if, out? If, yeah. If, we, if we're talking just SNES, Super Mario Brothers one, two, and three. I personally think three was my favorite. Three was fantastic because he had the the raccoon suit, yeah. and I love that. That was amazing. Yeah. And the little whistle hack—you get the whistle and just skip worlds. Yeah. True. Mm. Um, so yeah, Street Fighter. Yeah, you know, fighting, Street, Street fighting Fighter games two typically get better with age. Over Street Fighter one, mm. and and that speaks for itself because yeah. that's the global standard. Street Fighter two, so mm. it's hard. Some of the Resident Evil games get better, some of them get worse. I think there's for and against on most series. You might get a cracker of a sequel that might be not the direct sequel, maybe a couple later. Yeah, then there'll be some absolute shit heaps in between. <laughs> so so that was interesting. And the last one via the Twitters. Hey fam, what's your biggest video game guilty pleasure? Keep up the hungry work. And that was from Leah on the Twits. So guilty pleasure, I read this as like, it's a pretty open-ended question, but I read this as maybe something you play or participate in that's a little bit embarrassing, something that you probably shouldn't tell too many people that you do. And I'm a sucker for, I was Simpsons tapped out all up in here. You know, Castle Crash, not Castle Crashes. What was that other one they did? Hit and run. Nah, no, nah, not Simpsons. It was oh. it was like one of them little Clash of Clans. Oh, That's right. I was hard up in Clash of Clans. Now I've moved to the the Family Guy game, the Quest for stuff. I'm off that now. I've, I've good. I've hit thirty, so I've finally matured past Gonna the micro transaction. You. you know, tap and go games. Silly boy. But I, I, you know, I've probably pumped out of those three games maybe a hundred bucks in micro transactions across those three, and that's that was my guilty pleasure. You know where, how many blame Canada burgers that is. Seven, I think. Think about that. Seven. That that makes my heart hurt. <laughs> and not from like cholesterol, just <laughs> from sadness that I'm not eating seven blame cannabis right two. now. I got two guilty pleasures. Um, I'm not really ashamed about it though because 
that's the thing about guilty pleasure is that term is always like you should be ashamed for liking this thing. And everyone's like, oh, what are your guilty pleasures for music? And I'm always like, oh, you know, Simply Red, Hall & Oates. But it's like I love I love those. Hall & Oates. But, I mean, you, I'm not ashamed of that at all. You're probably on your own island with Simply Red, but I'll firmly stand beside Fairground. you. Fairground, come on, man. That's, that's with an Hall amazing Oates. song. And plus, Simply Red Live, one of the best bands live. Anyway, um, yeah, so guilty pleasures, is that's what you want to call it. Animal Crossing. Um, I'm a big Animal Crossing fan. Play it on the 3DS? Yeah, on the 3DS. Love that. And I always get weird looks on the train because it's like, what's this neckbeard doing in the <laughs> wild? And uh, the other one is Maple Story. That was a really... Um, I played Maple Story for a long time when I was in high school and I uh, never told anyone. Because if I did, I would get bashed. What is that? Because I have no idea what that is. It's just an anime online RPG. Okay. Um, and it's story-based. It's is, not, it, is it one of those creepy sexy ones? No, it's not, not, not oh. a sexy one. It's a real cutesy one. But I just got I got swept up in the idea because with those games the common thread is getting better outfits or gear. Um, yeah. So I was just like going crazy on trying to get the good gear. Yeah. Um, and trying to progress in the game to get the better gear. So I was always like trying to, you know, I pumped about like fifty hours into that game. But um, Maple Story, Animal Crossing, definitely. Some guilty pleasures, if you want to call it that. I love some of those cooking-based mobile games as well. Cooking where, Mama, where, yeah. like you know, obviously the cheap rip-offs of Cooking Mama on yeah. on phone, where it's yeah, you got to prepare all these burgers, get all the money, cook the for all this stuff. That high tension, fast, it's called fast like food environment. You know, uh, like food parent, yeah. <laughs> Burger Master twenty sixteen and yeah. all this stuff. So I, I I enjoy playing those a little bit as well. I don't play many games on my phone anymore. Like I'll. Do the occasional game of Hearthstone, but that's literally it. Yep. I use my phone for browsing and podcasts and, and that's it. So Hearthstone, Magic Jewels. Yeah? Yeah. Is that just Bejeweled? No, Magic ma- Magic no Magic the Gathering. Oh yeah. okay. Jewels, D U E L S. I went down a completely unrelated <laughs> path. But uh Puzzle Quest is also a really good one mm-hmm. if you ever want to play a good puzzle game. It's like imagine Bejeweled but with RPG elements where you've got like weapons and yeah, it's it's a full on game. I love you puzzle. You have quest. my attention. Oh man, you'd, <laughs> I think you'd love it. I think you'd love it. Okay, you know what? I also hopefully think we all will love. That's it. Is something we're going to start doing every other episode. Is we're going to start highlighting some of the the fantastic reviews we get on iTunes. Yep. Obviously, um, we, we've got some fantastic I didn't listeners know we had out that there. Many. Like <laughs> they show us some love. They they drop some reviews. It's just hard because like. It, it's tied into the, the country you're based in. So ah, say, say for here in Australia, we can only see the Australian reviews. Oh, really? But we've got reviews in, in the US, in wow. the UK, in Canada, in obscure locations all around the world. So Myanmar? I thought nothing from Myanmar that I can see so far. I just haven't found the little Myanmar code ah, to be able to search via that okay. region. But I thought, you know what? Let's, let's try and showcase some of, some of these legends out there Great. that are dropping some kind and funny and unique words about the pod because... Yep. You are all the reason we do this. Yeah, you know? for sure. Without the listeners, it's just a couple of guys talking nonsense and then chucking it out in the web. So the yeah. fact that we're lucky enough to have a pretty boss collection of people out there that listen in every week, that take the time to write these reviews. I know writing these types of reviews can be a pain in the ass on iTunes. So yeah. thank you for taking that time. And anyone out there that hasn't yet, please do it as well because we will showcase you in the upcoming episodes. There you go. So the first one, obviously you get a, a title line for your review. Yep. And this title line is GIF has a hard G. Ooh. So that's GIF. 
So straight away, this guy's already a legend in my book. <laughs> Dropped us that five stars, which is boss. Wow. And his account name, which I also love, Kylo Ren and Stimpy. Ah, that's hits good. Hits on all the right notes. Ren that's and great. Stimpy, Nickelodeon, Star Wars. You're the man. You're the man or the woman. Don't know which. You're just fantastic. 2016. Gender is a myth. From the USA. And so the review reads, And in other news, this is a very entertaining source of gaming news and opinions. Also, as a boring American, the Australian accents are pretty awesome. Keep it up, gentlemen! Ah, exclamation point. So Kylo Ren and Stimpy, you are the first to be showcased in our... Uh, we don't really have a name for this segment. Some, it's going to be nice. We'll work on something. Hungry fans. I don't know. You're just that was terrible. a legend. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time. Legend. Um, I think from what I can, the research I did, I think we've got 50 reviews all up across these various countries. So Hectic. We're, we're going to be pumping these out to at least episode 90. Yep. Hopefully we make it that far. Yep. Sam might be back for a couple of those episodes. Maybe. Um, you never know. Could be, a, could be an open spot. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll get Kylo Ren and Stimpy on the show. Yeah. Come over. But that's, that's probably going to be an episode for today. A yep. couple, couple of quick things. Check out audiotechnica.com.au if you do want any professional-based audio equipment. And we're not just talking microphones and headphones and things like that. Any gamers out there, they've got an amazing range of headsets, yep. amazing range of microphones, amazing range of headphones, whether it be you know, the M50s that we rock here every time we record. They've got noise cancelling. They've got wireless. So they've got Bluetooth-based headsets and, and headphones. We, we use the Audio-Technica AT-AT-50s. The, eight, the MH50s are our headsets, uh, uh, headphones. Yeah, as the microphones. Uh, the AT2020s. AT2020s. So we run the AT2020 condenser mics here as standard across the board. Gives yep. us fantastic audio quality. Uh, we've got the AT2020 USB Plus when we do any sort of video game Dynamic um, streaming. Dynamic So au. they are the complete audio platform for, for gaming, for musicians, for you know, podcasts and, and yeah. any, any sort of just they general great, recording um, aficionados. Yeah, they do great DJ gear. I'm yeah. still eyeing off some direct drive turntables. It's exactly, going to happen. Exactly. They just won best, uh, best turntables under a thousand bucks at the go. awards the other week. There you so go. Check them out. 8bit.net for all your video game related news. YouTube.com forward slash we're 8bit. One for... thing I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention this in the news, but Far Cry Blood Dragon is going to be free. That's true. On, on Games with Gold this month. Yes. From, I think, the middle of November. From maybe yes. the 16th. And I've spoken about this game once every three episodes. I fucking love this game. Yeah. It is the best goddamn game. Even, even if you're not a Far Cry Give fan, us the elevator pitch. It's just, you're basically... Okay, imagine you're in the 80s playing a game that's set in the future. That's what it is. And Michael Bane's in it. Michael Bane. Like, from you, Aliens, from Terminator, Terminator from The Giver. Like, He's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. He's the man. And it, everything's like, uh, you know, 16-bit throwback graphics. Um, but, I mean, the actual gameplay graphics are set in the modern day. It almost looks like a game that could exist in the 8-bit world, wouldn't you oh, say? Like, are you kidding? Similar art stylings, this is what colors. We, this is what we base our whole All thing that on. stuff. Because it's all like, you know, purple lasers and yeah. synthwave pop. And like, yeah, like all that stuff and, you know, Tron influence and... Yeah. Um, you know, there's T-Rexes and you're basically just, you know, just the best 80s amazing I, game. I somehow missed the boat on Blood Dragon when it first came out. So I think it comes out from the 15th of this month for free. So it's out in like a week or Day so. Day before my birthday. I am going to obviously get on this. It is for free. So anyone that's on Xbox Live, get on it when it does drop sometime in November. It gets Curb's rubber stamp of approval. 
But I think um, I think that's a show. Yeah, I think that's a show. Hopefully, we didn't do too bad. I think for, we uh, I think two we, men here at the desk. We hold up as a duo. You know, they say the triangle is the strongest, but uh, I think the oblong mm. could give it a run for its money. Or the spear. The spear. Hey, mm. I like that. Uh, hey guys, stay hungry. Much love. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, an exclusive podcast from 8-Bit. Be sure to check out 8-Bit.net for all your video game and pop culture-related needs. Additional Hungry Gamers episodes can be found on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. While you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls.